Are you aware that a high percentage of mental and emotional suffering stems from our own internal dialogue? If you want to fix this, then right now, plug into the Power Narrative Chapter 8, See and Say. I am your host, B. Green, and if you enjoy your time in the Power Plant, like, subscribe, and comment. It's one thing to hear all manner of negative things said about you from within and without your home, but what do you say to and about yourself? What are the conversations that occur within your physical address, the one your soul lives at. There was a time way before my lowest point that I was looking for help in all these external places for my internal issues. And one day my auntie turns to me and she says, sounds to me like you need self-help. Hearing these words were terrifying to me at the time because Right then and there, I just didn't feel like I was capable of doing that. I felt like I was sinking. And as time went on, the negative words kept flowing. And then the thoughts that came after that just made me feel like I was sinking faster. Fear, worry, despair. I mean, the whole crew showed up. You know, everybody I had invited much later on, as things progressed from bad to worst, my auntie's words came back to me, along with a memory of when I was out in the ocean with a boogie board and I had miscounted the waves and I got knocked down and dragged under. And then I felt something grab my leg. I freaked out thinking that like Jaws had got me. Then a calm came over me. I had the courage to look down and see what it was that had me. A piece of seaweed had wrapped itself around my leg. And it was in that moment that the reality of the situation sunk in. This was not a pool. These waves were still coming. There was no lifeguard on duty that could help me and no one was coming. I remember the conversation that I had with myself in those quick moments that seemed like forever. I talked myself through it, unwrapped the seaweed from around my leg, and by the grace from above, I was able to get back to the surface, get some air, and swim back to shore. It was both my self-talk that was making my situation worse that could have caused me to die, and also, my self-talk that caused me to stop freaking out, calm down, get it together and do what I needed to do to fight for my life. Remembering my auntie's words and that moment changed everything. If I could do that then, in the middle of the deep with the waves crashing on me, then I could do the same thing right now. I understood that all this happened so that I could see what I was made of and understand the power of my own words. Words are powerful and they can be a double-edged. There's two sides to the story, the things that we build up and the things that we tear down. Now, both serve an important function, but like anything else, if you are unskillful in how to utilize what you have, you can do more damage to yourself than good. 
you can destroy what you should be building and defend what it is that you should be protecting yourself against. Becoming skillful with how you communicate with yourself is vital in changing the narrative. Start with a sincere promise to do better by yourself. And the first step is raising your awareness to your internal dialogue. I remember being a young child and my parents bought me a toy called a CNSA. It was a circular shaped toy with pictures all around the outer edge of the circle. In the middle, there was a dial in the shape of an arrow. You point the dial at the picture and then you pull the lever or the string and it will tell you what the picture is and what it sounds like. It was an educational toy. And the one that I had taught me about animals, some that I had never seen at that age. But when I did see them again on TV or actually in person, I had some point of reference of what they were and what they sounded like. We've believed so many falsehoods and heard so many negative things about ourselves that we say we don't believe. But when faced with certain cues, we're triggered with emotional responses that prove otherwise. We can be so beat down by the negative imagery and the negative things that we hear that we have forgotten who we are and what we sound like. I'm speaking about our voice, not the voice of learned behavior, not the voice of fear and rationale, but the voice that once believed that we were capable of doing amazing things. This was before we were taught about limitations, before we saw the limits that the others around us placed upon themselves to the point where we believed in a reality that told us that we had to be exactly what it was that we saw in our environment. It's conditioning of a negative nature. Don't try because you might get hurt. Don't try because it didn't work out for me. My dad used to pick with me because I always use this verbiage. See what I'm saying? Whenever I was trying to make a specific point and he would say, I heard what you're saying, but I sure ain't see it. This is the point. You have a vision. And in order for that vision to come into fruition, you have to see it and say it. I'm speaking directly about the vision that you have when you see yourself, what you believe that you're capable of, even if no one believes in it yet or in you. I was encouraged recently to hold the vision. And it reminded me of a time where I was able to prove to my dad what it was that I was talking about. And then he said to me, ah, now I see what you're saying. That's the point. Just like air needs conditioning, our words do too. So a very important question to discover how you speak to yourself is, who are your musical influences? This is the playlist that you stream, the CD that you burned, or the record that you continually play. And I'm not talking about the one produced by musicians. The old folks used to say, I can tell who you've been around by listening to you speak. There are so many times that we don't hear what we're saying, but we listen to the meaning of what comes out of our mouth. There's power in your words. So pay attention. Raise your awareness to what it is that you're saying and how you're conditioning yourself. What is your self-talk like? 
What's on your playlist? What's constantly on rotation in your mind? Thoughts affect mood, affect speech, and we speak things into reality. We are sponges, students of life, and we soak up whatever it is that we're immersed in. And when, not if, but when the pressures of life squeeze us, no matter how it is that you pretend you're one thing, what's in there is sure to come out. If you don't like what comes out under pressure, change your musical influences. Immerse yourself into things that excite you, things that inspire you, things that cause you to grow, things that spark you to become the most excellent version of yourself that there is. Now, you see, there's power of suggestion and power of influence. Power of suggestion is strong, but the power of influence, and now that's stronger. I could suggest something positive, but the effect of what it is that I'm suggesting depends on the power of what's influencing you. Extreme example. If you're prone to drinking alcohol, I could suggest to you that you allow somebody sober to drive you home. The effect of this suggestion is more likely to be received better when you're sober than when you're under the influence of alcohol. The power of alcohol's influence may limit the power of my suggestion. You may just be sloppy, but you tell yourself, nah, I'm good. How many times have we told ourselves that we're good when we're really not? Especially when we're under the influence of, I don't know, pride, which comes right before destruction. Increase the awareness of your musical influences, and then you might understand why the power of positive suggestion isn't yielding the desired results in your life. To grow, I had to reposition the naysayers. And I say reposition because there's some that can and should be removed, and there's others that you have to place at a safe distance so you can make room to grow, to re-educate and rebuild yourself. Not everyone that's a naysayer is your enemy. Some have never even seen it done before. And they need your example to be the encouragement to inspire them to follow suit. Once you've had the courage to reposition people, establish those boundaries and maintain them, get by yourself and write down exactly what it is that you see yourself becoming. Write it out. Place it where you can see it and practice saying it over and over again. Matters not what you learned in error because anything learned can be unlearned. Sometimes you're standing on the right foundation and you know it's right. But because you don't have all the details of the structure that's supposed to be built on this foundation, you start making assumptions. You assume what it is that's going to be built. You assume how it's going to be established and you assume the time frame that it's going to take. And then when it doesn't go according to your plan, you start to wonder if you had made the right decision at all. You start doubting everything that you were sure of. The story from the scriptures that captures the epitome of rectifying self-talk occurs between Moses and the Most High. I'll set the stage. Now, this was the Moses that most of us could relate to. This is the one that was confused. He was feeling like, I know my life was meant for more, but 
I guess it just didn't work out. And he starts to settle into this reality. Like, okay, I just don't understand how everything I've been through led me here. I mean, he was right there on the edge of greatness. But to him, it was just an ordinary day. I'm tending my father-in-law's sheep through the desert on the side of this mountain. Then he has this life-defining conversation with his maker. It puts all the pieces of the puzzle into view. God tells Moses, I have heard the cry of my people Israel, and I have seen the oppression at the hands of the Egyptians. Come now, and I'm going to send you to Pharaoh. Then Moses asks one of the most important questions that one could ever ask. Who am I? Here is a man who is confused about his own identity. He's questioning if he's able or even worthy to complete such a task, even though there was a time that he thought he was ready. But now when confronted with the truth, confronted with the purpose and the reason for everything he's been through, he now finds himself unsure and unready. Think about everything that this man has been through. A child who has survived genocide, raised in the house of his oppressor, thinking that he was Egyptian, immersed in that culture, only to find out that it was a lie. While he was in a palace, his kinfolk were suffering at an unimaginable level. And when he does what he thinks is right to defend them, the very next day, his own turn it right back on him. Wonder what playlist he had in his rotation. Once so sure of himself and what he thought he knew. And now he asks, who am I that I should dot, dot, dot. The conversation continues and then Moses gets to the point where he asks, okay, let's say that you're right and I do go. Who am I supposed to tell them sent me here? And God tells Moses, tell them I am sent you. What's fascinating to me about this entire conversation is that Moses is exactly the opposite of what it is that he should be. An uncertain Moses gets confirmation from God who is certain. Moses asks, who am I? God introduces himself as I am. So who are you? We tell ourselves lies every day and we don't even hear about how inaccurate those statements are. Simply changing our verbal stance puts things in the proper perspective. In order to figure out who we are, we need to start with who we are not. Check this out. I may experience anger, but I am not angry. I may choose to experience stress, but I am not stressed, nor am I stressed out. I am not the pain I've experienced. I am not the trauma that I have endured. I am not the negative attributes projected upon me by a negative reputation that my family has believed about themselves. I am not 
the negative image that society portrays me to be. I am not a product of my geographical location. I am not a product of unfortunate circumstances that I may have grown up in. I am not limited to what others think, say, or feel about me, nor am I limited by what I used to think, say, or feel about myself, even if it was just yesterday that I said those things. I am not the people that let me down. I have been influenced by these things, but they are not who I am. They are experiences. I am grateful. I am discerning. I am insightful. I understand that these things happened for my benefit and not my detriment. I am strong. I am resilient. Therefore, I learn from the pain and I grow from the trauma. I am dedicated, developing a new reputation. I am noble. I am innovative. I can change or improve my geographical location. I am successful. I am powerful. I can change my set of circumstances. I am blessed by the great I am. I am spirit. I am mind inside of a body. And all these aspects of who I am need love, acceptance, and attention from myself before anyone else. Be very aware that your verbal choices have immense power on the direction of your life. Write your affirmations see your affirmations and say them as often as possible because it's so easy to get wrapped up in everything that's going on around you that you forget who you are and the power of your own voice. This is the narrative of power. Immerse yourself in it. Stay connected to it. Be patient in it. So the challenge question is, what are you going to do to rectify your self-talk? What is your see and say declaration? Thank you for your time. Be Green, reminding you that your story is being written every day. Take the pen.